0: weekly Lost podcast episode number 141 hey cool you fixed it don't expect anything the chances of getting a signal are slim
1: at best static's good right no reception is good wait what's that
2: it's russo's signal oh, crap but this radio has a wider bandwidth
0: <laughs> that's what you call a party in a podcast
3: hold it stop do you hear that
4: Welcome to the Weekly Lost Edition of the Generally Speaking Production
0: Network. Now, here are your hosts, Stephanie and Cliff. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Weekly Lost Podcast. Am I going through puberty? Back. Ah! Welcome back to the Weekly <laughs> okay. Lost Podcast. So,
5: I'm not the only one who thought that. What's that? Nothing.
0: Oh, so, so you were thinking the same thing? I was. So, what's your name? I'm Stephanie. What is up with that? I just played you that really awesome cranking music, and I'm Stephanie. I don't know. You can't just come in and say, I'm Stephanie. Okay. Let's start it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft.
5: Uh, and I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft.
0: That's much better. Hey. Whatever.
5: So I change he- my name. <laughs> Why? Just one week. Just for the fun of it, I'm going to change my name.
0: All right. So anyway, uh, we are here to do... Our weekly loss podcast, as as if you didn't know that already by now. But uh, we are going to do something a little bit different. A little bit different this week. Uh, Normally, we do this super huge, humongous, full episode review.
5: But we kind of did that on Thursday.
0: No (laughs) doubt. I mean, we like picked that episode apart like it was a chicken on a bone and we didn't leave much there. It
5: was it was a really good episode. There was lots to talk about on Thursday.
2: There
0: was lots of great stuff to talk about. And you know what? I think that was probably one of the uh, it, it was the most fun I've had in a conversation with you about Lost in a long time on uh, that last initial reaction podcast. That was so much fun. It was
5: a lot of fun. I enjoyed
0: it. And so if you guys are looking for our views and thoughts on everything that happened uh, in The Economist season 4 episode 3, I encourage you to go back and listen to our initial reaction podcast because it didn't suck like it normally does. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I'm just Thanks. kidding. Thanks. No,
0: I'm I'm sorry. But no, it, was, it, it we had a, f- a lot of fun. Uh we we actually are always are are really good. So, right? Uh, they're saying we they can hardly hear us. Oh, can everybody okay. else in the <laughs> chat room, can you hear us okay? Or is this isolated to Michael? Well, I must uh, have got Michael. kicked out
5: again because I'm not getting any
0: of that. Uh, so. Everybody else is hearing us fine. So, um, very good. Um, let's move right along. Just to let you know what we're doing tonight. it Like I said, it's it's different. It's different and I hope it goes over well. We're going to do something this evening that I've never done before. We're going to play for the first time ever a listener feedback that it is in excess of four minutes. Actually, uh, it, it's the first time I think that we've ever done one in excess of three minutes. And in fact, it is the only time I've ever been excited <laughs> about having a very long listener feedback. In fact, tonight it is going to be 19 minutes in length. And no, it's not Jorge Garcia. You know, hey Jorge, if you're out there, we would love... We would love to have you call us. Email me, uh, cliff at gspn.tv. You know the listener line, 859-795-4067. Uh, we definitely want to have you contact us. But uh, no, to be honest with you, it's somebody that I I have, you know, Jorge Garcia is great. And, and I think he's probably one of the best uh, cast members of Lost because of how Participatory he is with the fans and how many fans that he has, but this is somebody I'm personally a little bit more excited about getting feedback from than even Jorge Garcia. It right. happens to be one of my good friends and my favorite podcaster, right? Fa- Father Roderick, right? Father Roderick it's is my cool. is by far my favorite podcaster, uh, and and I would I would say that um, Leo Laporte would be a close second. To Father Roderick, I mean, I just cannot stand not having a daily breakfast. So, and Chef Mark, you're right up there, my friend. But I'm telling you, as far as the daily stuff, <laughs> I
5: was gonna say I thought I was, but hey, oh,
0: babe, come on. <laughs> Chef Mark says he's kidding, but uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm very excited. And tonight, he has a 19 minute um a theory, right? Theory, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be uh, the Fountain have of Youth. Have you listened youth. to it? I have, and it's Why good. Why do you do that? Why?
5: Because I haven't.
0: I'm sorry. Listen to it yet. It, it's good stuff.
5: Should I take notes?
0: Uh, if you want to, I mean, I have uh, notes. Even if you want to, even see you? my notes. Okay. I, and I, I'm sorry for those. I have show notes available for our listeners, but I didn't take down show notes for. <laughs> I didn't type the notes from from Father Roderick's uh, yeah. Theory, but anyway. I- it's going to be good. I, I think it, it, one of the things that I just want to say real quick, uh, why is Cliff so giddy over Father Roderick and and as a podcaster and everything? If you haven't checked out The Daily Breakfast over at SQPN, which stands for Star Quest Production Network, Check. Go to SQPN. It's it's all Catholic podcasting. Now, those of you who know us really well, you know Stephanie and I are not, are not Catholic, uh, but we love Father Roderick, and I just want to um, encourage you to check out the Daily Breakfast over there, and you'll you'll see right away why uh, everybody loves Father Roderick. What are you laughing at in the chat room now?
5: Nothing in the chat room. I got kicked out of the chat room. Yeah. And in my process of logging back in, my computer froze for a few minutes and then it did like this really weird thing. Anyway, are you I'm good laughing. now? I'm working on it. Okay, very cool. <laughs>
0: All right. So in the show notes that I have here, we are going to uh, cover just a, a few little things that I, I noticed. And uh, those are going to be a part of what we call exploring the mystery.
3: We're lost on an island, running from boars and monsters, freaking polar bears. I've looked into the eye of this island, and what I saw was beautiful.
0: Lost, exploring the mystery. <laughs> Alrighty, folks. One of the favorite places that I go online to search for information is of course the gspn.tv community forum. And um, if you go there, there's an entire section of our forum devoted to loss. So it's the biggest forum. Uh, I'm sorry, the biggest section of our forum. And uh, you can get there by going to gspn.tv slash forum. And one of the things that is in there is regarding the bracelet that we saw in the episode. Right. And Stephanie, do you want to read what, do you have the show notes pulled back up now? I'm working on it. Okay. Thanks for
5: the link, whoever sent it to me. (laughs) <laughs> they were reading my mind.
0: Thank you. All right. So, Stephanie, why don't you read what uh, Faith started off in as far as the conversation regarding the bracelet, goes? Okay.
5: Am I the only one who thinks the bracelet Elsa is wearing in the future is the same bracelet Naomi had on? If it is, is it a little weird that Sa- Saeed took a bracelet from a dead woman and gave it to another woman who ended up dead?
0: All righty. And then Geno wrote, uh, I definitely think it was the same bracelet. Um Let's see. I definitely think it was the same bracelet, is what she says. Uh, there seemed to be some significance to the quote uh, engraved on the bracelet. By the way, uh, he read it. I think it will be. Let's see. I think we will be seeing that bracelet again. And then Allison L. Stephanie,
5: I actually think they are different bracelets that look the same, and that however it is that these that these women. And whoever it is uh, that these women worked for gives it to them when they become part of his crew or team or whatever. It's almost like a mark of a membership or something.
0: Absolutely, and and I would have to say that I side on the side of Allison L, who thinks mm-hmm. they're dis- different. What do you think, Stephanie? I'm looking. All right, so uh, we do have some screen captures. They're
5: very similar.
0: Yes, they are very similar. I um, would I would have to say that they. Were probably given to uh, Elsa and Naomi by the same person.
5: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I'm sorry, I got a little jumbled there. Okay, <laughs> I would agree with you I, that they were given by the same person. Right.
0: Um. So we know that say we know that Na- so, Naomi worked for somebody that kind of is like secret secret ops and and stuff like that, right?
5: Right, and. It would appear that Elsa worked for someone similar.
0: Absolutely. If not the same person. Yes. And so, therefore, the fact that they made such a point... And Lost does not... They don't do these kind of things on accident. They don't. They made a point to show us the engraving on the inside. So you're supposed Uh, to know. So you're supposed to see that this has got... This bracelet is here. It's significant. And, of course, they even give us the whole thing to where we can read... Uh, you know, I'll always be with, let's see, I'll always, what does it say? Always be there with you or something like that, RG. And we don't know exactly who um, RG is at this point. But then in Elsa's bracelet, they they also made a point to say, you know, to show Saeed really taking notice of this bracelet. Right. I think somebody else in our forum had said that maybe these in, in, the inscription is not necessarily... Um, is not necessarily a, a link, you know, a, a note from somebody that uh, loves, you know, that loves them or whatever. It, it's not a okay, it, but anyway, it is possibly some kind of cryptic code that when all these ladies come together, they have the final encrypted or unencrypted code uh, capabilities. So I don't know what you think about that. Anyway, says, N, I'll always be with you, RG, is what it says. And there's a, even a little bit left over at the end. We didn't. We can't quite see what it says. So.
5: No, I don't think there's any left over at the end.
0: You don't think there's a little thing right underneath the the right-hand corner no, of that I think, screen capture?
5: No, I think it's like, um, because there's one on the other <gasps> oh, side, too. Oh, yeah, the
0: rivet kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I know what you mean. Okay. You're right. So anyway, uh, for those of you who are listening to this on the uh, audio podcast, these screen captures will be in the show notes. Uh, Special thanks to Lost.Cubit.net and DarkUFO for some of those screen captures. I found all of these, of course, um, over at LostEasterEggs.Blogspot.com. Okay. All right. Next up, before we get into our exclusive uh, little thing here, uh, we're going to do... a screen capture here of something that I saw in our forum, uh, or I'm sorry, not in our forum, but in the chat room here before the show started. I opened up the chat room probably about an hour before we actually started the show up, just so that people can come in and start chatting with each other and, and having some community time there. And there's somebody in our forum right now, or in I'm sorry, in the chat room right now, he goes by the handle Leave Town. And he put a link to these uh, show these uh, screen captures uh, in the uh, chat room, and he was asking about the fact: does Does Lost reuse um, uh, props? Props, absolutely. And so. That's a good question. and We do know that they. we've seen some props reused in the past. So remember the old um, octangular box or whatever that was that it was on Kate's um, dad's house... Um, the, uh, oh yeah, next yeah. to the horse, it yeah. was up on the mantle, and that same exact box was inside of the the hatch, the right. Swan Station, and so we do know that they did that, and it and that seemingly wasn't quote unquote significant, but maybe just the reuse reuse of a a prop. However, what he has here is two screen captures that just seem to be okay. Wait a second, they made too much of a point to give us this picture of the lamp. That is over top of the map that Jack was looking at in the season three finale. Remember when he was drunk and he's right. got uh, he. There's the lamp there, and it's got this wooden post kind of reddish wooden post to the the this little flexo lamp or flexi lamp or whatever it's called. <laughs> and um, the same lamp happens to be in uh, the. I guess the is that the bedroom from the the young man that miles went and saw can any yeah I am not I quite know. sure but yeah. anyway uh I'll have screen screen captures of these right but it, it' it's the same lamp it's there's no there's question no, it's the same right. lamp whether or not that's significant or not we don't know but we at least at the very least thought it was quite interesting so with that should we go into immediately to father Roderick's uh uh, feedback theory uh, on um, the fountain of youth or should we go into lost in the news first that's up to you let's go into lost in the news okay lost in the news all righty f- starting things off we have a new lost in the news reporter And he goes by Andrew. And you guys have probably heard Andrew many times calling into the Weekly Loss Podcast. And uh, he's from Salt Lake City. And this is his very first report for us as the official Weekly Loss Podcast, Lost in the News reporter.
6: Cliff, Steph, it's Andrew. What's up, guys? Just want to let you know today in the USA Today, there was an article written about Rebecca Mader, the lady who plays Sharda. I don't even know if I'm saying her last name right. But the article was written by Will Kick, kick. I don't know how to say it. Kick. Anyways, it talks about like how she was uh, approached to be on Lost. How she was very close to moving back to Europe. Um, something made her stay in L.A. And when she got the audition, it said that uh, she said, "I was not going to leave that room until I made them fall in love with me." and that was with the producers Damon and Carlton. She said that she watched all 69 episodes. I guess that were on DVD. Um, she said, from the moment, from the minute I walked on the set on my first day, I felt welcome. Uh, she said she was engaged. She has engaged in squirt gun fights with uh, Emily D. Raven, which is Claire. Traded dirty, dirty jokes with uh, Holloway and Michael Emerson. And uh, Ben, I guess, Michael Emerson had apologized after having shooting her on the very first day. So uh, it's pretty cool. She says at the end of the article... Um, I don't know more than you. After shooting this season's 8th episode, don't worry, no spoiler here, even she does not know, yet know, her character's true intentions. There's some crazy stuff the audience is going to discover. And then there's, um, they have little sections on the other three guys that were on the helicopter, and Miles, the producers, had like hints on some of them. And it says, Miles isn't here to make friends. He's here for something else, and it ain't what he told us at the end of episode two. Um, What's his name? Danny. It says, Physics can be fun. They can also be incredibly dangerous. Watch Faraday demonstrate both. So that's my little update for the week. I will try to do this weekly, if I can find little things here and there. Also, towards the right side of this uh, newspaper, has all your favorite TV shows and how many episodes are left, and how many are coming back. So on ABC's side, Grey's Anatomy, I know you guys do a podcast, will be back in April 5th, it says. It doesn't say how many episodes, but it says Lost keeps airing, six left plus five additional. So I don't know if that's confirmed or not, but it says here. So it's got to be true, right, if it's in the newspaper? Anyways, love you guys' show. Talk to you guys later. Bye.
0: All righty. Stephanie, what do you think? Anything interesting there that you uh, that jumped out at you? Um. Or did I just put you on the spot?
5: Uh, no I was just kind of, I was just kind of confused because he said that April 5th he thought was the day that um, that Grace would come back uh-huh. and Grace airs on Thursdays and I was almost positive that April 3rd was a Thursday so I didn't may- want to, maybe may, is I it- didn't want to point out his um I, I'm not meaning to to sure. call him wrong but I'm having my wisdom. Teeth extraction on April 3rd, and I thought that was a Thursday. Gotcha. So I could be wrong on the day of the week that that is, but
0: I don't have any other notes <laughs> on on Grey's Anatomy. Could it be that he was talking about May? I'm not sure. May 5th. But then again, possibly. I, so, I th- yeah, because I know that May 5th. Okay, here's here's the schedule for Lost, and this is from Lost Away Bonnie uh, over at Lost.About.com. Great friend of ours here at the Weekly Lost Podcast. Uh, she says on January 31st through, of course, March 13th, we are going to get seven, not eight, but seven consecutive new episodes Okay. that will all air Thursdays at 9. Okay, then we're taking some time off um, after March 13th, and we're going to have probably, it looks like a month off. Uh, And the reason why is because there is... That's
5: not a whole month. That's like three weeks.
0: I'm sorry. From
5: March 13th to April 23rd?
0: Oh, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. So, there's a little bit of a hiatus with No loss. And April 24th...
5: We just survived nine months. Surely, we yes, can go three weeks.
0: absolutely. And then, on April 24th, we are going to get that coveted eighth episode, and that'll be at 9 p.m. See, on April 24th. So now, I think 24th. that that's stupid. Well, anyway. And then, May, <laughs> starting on May 5th through May 29th, we will get the remaining five new episodes and they will start airing at 10 p.m. right after Grey's, Anat- Grey's Anatomy.
5: Right. I think that that is stupid. Okay. To do seven and then three weeks off and then air the eighth episode and then okay and is that a week off or would that never mind maybe i'm just in a daze
0: okay well anyway that's the schedule maybe
5: i'm just kind of in a daze i apologize if that
0: kind of (laughs) if that kind of confused you as it did stephanie and i then uh just (laughs) go to the show notes and, and put it on your calendar
5: i have no problem admitting when i'm confused
0: it's all right that's not a problem so that is our lost in the news there um I'll tell you what we there were a couple things that uh, were kind of exciting. I think Evangeline Lilly was just recently on uh, the Craig Ferguson show. Do you know who he is, Stephanie? I think you've I, seen I, some I've, stuff with him yeah, before. Yeah, I've seen some of his stuff. It's like some kind of late, late, super late late, 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 late show. Late, late show. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna play just a few minutes of it here, uh, not the whole seven minutes, but uh, just a little bit to give you an idea what what happened there.
3: Dress you're wearing? It's my
1: Valentine's Day dress.
7: Really,
3: it's gorgeous. It's quite
7: valentiny, don't you think? It's
3: very valentinely. It's about as valentiny as I as I like it. It's full of women.
7: Full of women and full of pink and red and bows. It's pretty.
4: Are you a very girly girl? Do you do all that? I'm the
1: farthest thing from a girly girl. Although today's the excuse, right?
7: And this is the first Valentine's Day that I have ever celebrated. Really? Ever outside of my father. That sounded weird.
8: Because
3: okay. <laughs> my next question was, uh, you're Canadian, aren't you? I am Canadian.
8: Yeah. And, and, you know, it's cold up there. Yeah. We have, you know, weird practices. <laughs> no, no,
3: get yourself out of the first trench coming,
1: before
4: coming, you dig another one. Okay.
5: Okay. So my father's always been my valentine. Uh-huh.
0: Okay. So anyway, that's just a little bit of it. Now, I've, I've heard that... Uh, I
5: want to see the dress now.
0: Oh, you didn't see the dress? <laughs> All right. So anyway, there will be a link to that in the show notes uh, while it's on on the um, tubes out there known as the Internet. And also, Michael Emerson was on um, an episode of something recently, and I have a little clip of that, and I will see if I can pull it up here really quickly. Here we go. Let's do some entertainment
8: news. Thank you very much. All right. He's the guy. Everyone loves to hate on the hit show Lost. Emmy Award winning actor Michael Emerson keeps us gripped to the edge of our seats as the ultimate bad guy. Better. Is this
0: the view?
4: Your instinct was right, John. These people are a threat. And if you shoot me, you'll never know how great a threat they were. Because I know what they're doing here. I know what they want. What do they want? me james they want me
8: and we are so happy to have them back with us good morning so nice to see you without blood on your face and, and a suit. This must be nice for you to be clean once in a while, right? I feel a
4: little bit naked, but it's nice to be clean and dry, yeah.
8: So I know that the riders, congratulations. I know that they just reached an agreement. You're going to be going back to work soon?
4: Yes, I think so. There will be more lost for this season. Thank
8: goodness, yeah. because I'm already, like, at the edge of my seat as, as a fan. Now, now, as we both know, what was, I mean, all know, as uh, what was revealed last week, is that all of the alleged rescuers are really after you. What can you tell us without giving too much away?
4: And well, why? in this... In this coming season, we're going to see a lot of violence, I think, and a lot of chaos because everyone's home is—you know—everyone's in a state of upheaval. Everyone is a refugee trekking around in the jungle, and now there's a new army of invaders. And trying, you know, island. and then
8: breaking off into groups. As That's to, who right. Who thinks they're good, really, to rescue them, and who thinks that they're not? And
4: which, with the presence of a new enemy, there will of course be new alliances. Uh-huh. You know, so there'll be some strange bedfellows. This so, season. are you
8: going to have an alliance with any? Is anyone going to like you ever?
4: Well, I there's always some connection between Ben and John Locke, isn't there?
8: Yeah, there is. That's true, even though you
4: I think they're brothers. Them, they seem to be competitors, but there's also an understanding. Right.
8: Well he loves the island as much as you do. That's right. And he's coming here next week. So we'll have to ask him <laughs> more on that. Now, um, you have been beaten up a lot. I mean and and especially like with these guys that we all know and love. I mean, is is are accidents ever uh, Happening, like actually, actually uh, getting injured.
4: Well, you know, it's, it's inevitable. In the course of doing fifty or sixty takes of a thing, somebody's <laughs> going to get a bump. You and usually, it's, it's you. It, it very often is, which is fine. You know, uh, I, I feel like I should, you know, be consistent with my character and, you know, take my licking.
8: Yeah. Okay. Well, also, we just interviewed uh, Matthew Fox, who plays Jack, and here's what he had to say. About All
0: you. right. So anyway, that's uh, again, we'll have a link to that in no, the show not notes. No, that's not the view cliff there was a man on in the beginning well i I have no idea what any of these shows are somebody just emails me the links i check it out and i put it in the show notes okay very cool i'd let you know thank you all right, so that's our Lost in the News. Now we are going to go to our very special uh, listener feedback. And again, uh, folks, just don't get any ideas. I would not pay, play a 19-minute long call from just about don't anybody. get any
5: ideas. That was funny. <laughs> yeah,
0: but uh, you know what? For Father Roderick, I would definitely make this exception. And and i tell you.
5: Well, I think you would told him that you'd give him a whole episode. I, yeah, I told Father
0: <laughs> Roderick. I said, listen, I don't care. You, I'll give you an entire episode episode you take the show and so pretty much that's what's going to happen here uh and i think you guys will all be pleased and i think that uh you'll see why father roderick is an awesome podcaster so here we go
1: hi cliff and stephanie it's father roderick
0: about a week ago, I was chatting briefly with Cliff about a theory that
1: I compiled about what's going on in Lost. A theory that I think could potentially explain some of the major mysteries and questions that so far have remained without answers. And at the time, Cliff invited me to send in some voice feedback for the show. So here's my theory. I call it the Fountain of Youth Theory. Now first, a disclaimer. A disclaimer. I haven't got the encyclopedic knowledge that some other Lost fans like the two of you possess. I'm sure that there are some holes in this theory, that some events that I use to build it might be explained otherwise in future episodes of Lost, and that some of my guesses might be wrong too. But the overall theory is very intriguing, and I am getting more and more confirmation that this is actually the direction in which to look for answers. So, without further ado, Lost is a version of the story about the Fountain of Youth. Now you might know the uh, myth about the, the mythological story about the Fountain of Youth. The Fountain of Youth is a legendary spring that reputedly restores the youth of anyone who drinks of its waters. Throughout the centuries, explorers have, without much result, searched for this legendary source of eternal life. And according to some stories, the fountain was actually located in Florida. That's pretty good for all the old people living there. However, they never found it. And the locals, according to legend, uh, paid regular visits to the fountain and continued to live and to live and to live. A frail old man, according to one of these stories, could become so completely restored by the water of the Fountain of Youth that he could resume all manly exercises, including taking a new wife and get more children. In uh, a short story in the book, The Aleph, written by uh, george Luis Borges, there also seems to be a downside to this immortality and to this state of continuous life. In his story, the people who are immortal get actually tired of it and eventually start looking for the fountain of death to reverse their immortality and to escape from it. So, in this story, uh, this fountain of life also has a downside anyway the quest to escape the effects of time and above all to escape death is a quest of all ages and I think that Lost tells us another version of that quest we all know that the island has powers it has been said time and again the island has powers to heal and to even restore life think of all the times that we've seen people die and then come back from what should have been their death in fact the original inhabitants of the island are immortal. Richard Alpert is one of them. That's the guy who meets young Ben, you know? And uh, we see him years later when Ben is already all grown up and uh, plotting his evil plans, and we see that he hasn't, that this Richard Alpert hasn't changed at all. He still looks exactly the same. It's a strong indication that he is immortal. He's a native, and and I think that some people know this, that the natives of this island possess somehow the secret of immortality, and that is one of these recent questions that we heard was an almost reverent question. Are you a native? Time on the island, and this is another very important point, time on the island passes by much slower than the time outside the island. When you're in the time zone of the island, You don't notice that. But in fact, many years have gone by in the real world. Whereas on the island, it's only been some 100 days. And I think that this is the key to the plot. And here are the implications. A lot of the people that are searching for uh, the island are actually trying to find, trying to uncover the secret of this fountain of youth. At least, it's not a real fountain that they're searching for, but this, the, these kind of the, the eternal life kind of character, characteristics of the island. It can give life. It can restore health. Who doesn't want to find the secret to that? To that. So, can the island show people? how to full-time and live forever. That is, I think, the major reason why all these companies and, and enterprises seem to search for this island. The Oceanic Company is a cover for one of those organizations, trying to find out what the secret fountain of youth is on this island. And probably they're motivated to make money once they unlock the secret. So they cover up the real fate of the survivors of the crash to hide their real intentions. They don't care for the survivors. They want to find out what's going on on that island. And at the same time, we see in these flash-forwards that they keep hunting for clues on how to get to that island. And I believe that the Dharma Initiative, even though it was kind of a flower power organization, was another of these organizations trying to find out what exactly made this island so special and why it had such such reviving qualities and, and and powers however just as in some of these stories about the fountain of youth also the island has comes with a price to pay it's not all good since inhabitants of the island live forever there is no need for procreation Why do you need kids? Why do you need offspring when you can live forever? There is no reason for that anymore. And I think that explains why all the expectant mothers die before they can give birth. The island does not tolerate other sources of life than its own. So that is, I think, a very important mystery that could be solved by this theory. Now, there are some strong indications about this difference of time between what's going on on the island and what's going on off the island. And one of the most important clues that we recently received in, in, in this last episode uh, about The Economist was the rocket that we saw arriving 30 minutes late while we heard the telephone conversation uh, that was saying, well, it should have crashed now. And in fact, it the, the rocket, the, the the missile comes in 30 minutes late. It shows us that the new people already start to see the effects of time slowing down compared to the offshore world. Now, the fact that time outside of the island has passed by much faster than on the island itself will be the way in which the writers are going to explain how Wald has aged, how he's become so tall, you know, on the island. Only uh, about, uh, what is it, 100-something days have passed. But, of course, the actor has aged a lot. And they told us they're gonna, going to explain it. I think this is the way they're going to do it. Time outside, as, as soon as you get off the island, time starts to accelerate to its normal pace again. So you grow up much faster. Talking about Walt, I think this is also why he was called special. He was the special boy. He could foresee the future. Why? How? Was he paranormal? I don't think so. I think that Walt is actually one of the people that could perceive both events happening in the time of the island and events happening in the real time, the the time of the rest of the world. That is, for the people on the island, future events. Desmond, after the uh, energy discharge, gets the same ability. He lives in two time zones at the same time. He can see the here and now on the island, but also events that will happen in futures of the island. And there might actually be many futures because the people on the island still have free will. So their choices will still influence the future. And that explains why he he sees many different versions of Charlie's death. But that is ultimately how he can predict what will happen to Charlie. The energy discharge kind of put him back into the real time... ...and at the same time he's still also influenced by the time... uh, ...and and by the passing of time in the rhythm of the island. Now what about these flash-forwards? Why are all the Losties so different in the future? The answer? When they finally manage to leave the island... ...they discover that many years have passed... And that messes them up, at least some of them. Now, the six that got off the island are celebrities. Why? Why do people react like, oh man, are you one of the six? Because many, many years have passed, but they haven't aged at all. That is, I think, why everybody reacts so stunned when they meet them. Now, for some, the fact that so many years have passed in the outside world is a complete disaster. I think that Jack and Hurley discover that they have nothing to live for anymore. And they long back to their friends on the island. All all their friends in the present world time have have gone. They've passed away because so much much time has passed. So they long back for their friends on the island, the ones they abandoned. Jack becomes a drunk and gets depressed. Hurley goes mental again. And one of the questions that I had was when we see the mental institution where uh, Hurley is... Are there is there anyone there that we recognize from the last time that we visited it? Probably not, because so many years have passed. For others, however, the fact that so many years have passed in the real world is a blessing. Remember, in this last episode, Sawyer asking Kate why she wanted to leave the island. Huh, there, there's nothing but a pair of handcuffs waiting for you. Unless so many years have passed that the case was actually dropped. I think that could explain why we see Kate in an expensive car... ...not really wanting to go back to the island. She, uh, she's she got a new life. She can, she has been able to start again... ...thanks to that time difference. So, another question. What happened to Walt and Michael? Could it be that they have changed too? There are a lot of questions about the identity of the boy. The boy that was said to be haunting the house of his grandmother. You remember that scene, the Ghostbuster scene? infamous Ghostbuster scene. We even saw pictures of an Afro-American boy on the walls of that house. Now, people at the time of that episode said, well, this can't be Walt. But could this be an older Walt? Could it be that Miles, instead of conjuring up a ghost, actually knows how to warp time to talk directly to Walt, Walt living in another time, ...to find out where the money was hidden. And Walt, of course, uh, um, could be involved now in crime. You know, uh, just like the others that return to the real world... ...he kind of loses his way as well. The fact that we don't see him in the room... ...that we don't see this person, this, this invisible person... ...during that Ghostbuster scene... eerily resembles the events in the shack. And is the reason that we don't see Jacob or Walt in that Ghostbuster scene... Could the reason be that they are actually not there in the present, but in the past or in the future? That they will be or have been in that room or in that shack in another time? And could it be that, the on, that only special people, people that are able to see events in the island time and in the real time, or future for the island, can see these people as they can see the future? And in Miles' case... Could he be creating a different time zone through his device, that that kind of mysterious little device that he places on the table? So, intriguing, intriguing. Could it be that in one of the future episodes of Lost, we will see one of the Lossies sit in that chair in the shack, saying, help me. Is that how Ben knows what will happen? Because this person prisoner of time in that shack in that kind of different time zone is actually someone who lives not in the island time but in the real world time so is this person in the shack bans access to knowledge about what is going to happen about the future and that helps him to plot his evil plans in the present time of the island and could it be that the trail of sand that we see in some of these episodes, this kind of circle around the shack, could that mark the frontier between the island time and the real world time? Hmm. Back to Walt. I think that the house of, his, of this grandmother is in the same area as the funeral that we saw last season. So who is in the coffin Everybody says, oh, it's probably Michael. But I think that that would be way too obvious. I think it is Walt. Kate and Jack know that Walt is no longer the friendly boy of the island. So Kate doesn't care about him anymore. Jack still does. And the reason that Michael isn't there at the funeral... ...could indicate that he might die. And perhaps the fact that Michael dies somewhere in this season could be the reason for wall to go bad in the future now let's turn to two other people that have uh, escaped from the island Ben and Saeed in the future or should I say present because it's our present time it's a future for the island Uh, Ben and Saeed form this unlikely couple and act together to kill people on the list people that are trying to find the island People that could take the survivors, Saeed's friends, back to the present. Something that Jack, Hurley and Saeed want to prevent at all costs. Because they know that you're much better off on the island. And Ben manipulates Saeed to kill. To protect his friends, to protect the secret of the island. Now, others still try to find Ben... And Said gets uh, deceived as well... because they try to find out... you know, who, who his master is... who his, 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 um, his, his director is... and if they find Ben... he is the one that can show them... how to get back to the island. Now the new people arriving on the island... are looking for Ben. And Miles seems to hate Ben. And he shows a photo. And we automatically assume... that it's a photo from the past. But I think in fact... It's a photo of the future Ben. Since they come from the future, they know what Ben will do. They know he, he's, he's giving orders to kill all these people. And that is why they want to go back to the Ben on the island to prevent him from doing that. And since Ben knows the future thanks to Jacob, who is a guy from the future, living in, in the future time, he knows that they will try to kill him. And that is why he is so paranoid of them reaching the island. Now, there seems to be one flaw in this theory. On the island, they can communicate with the outside world. We've seen that. Jack watches the sports match. They have satellite TV. We saw Charlie talk to Penny. And she didn't look old. Now, I think that they are communicating with the outside world. But it's to the world in their time zone the world the way it was in the time of the island so Charlie sees Penny who lived in his time that is why she is so confused about his story about a boat because you know the boat that arrives in, in, in you know at the beginning of the fourth season uh, with Miles and the others uh, that boat will only be leaving years and years after that communication between Charlie and Penny you know it, it really you have to kind of put your mind around the fact that that there is a different time on the island that communications will be in that time and and that there is also the real time which for the islanders is the future Okay, so what about Jack's sports game we see him watching a game of sports on television I can't remember, I think it was football now there was extra emphasis in the last episode on Jack's remark, I can't believe it's 100 days ago that I saw that match in fact it might very well have been years and years ago in reality, and the ex-pilot Frank Lapidus, I think that's his name, might very well have been talking about a whole different game. You know, it might not have been the last time that these two uh, uh, sports teams uh, meet each other. Now, talking talking about Frank, this this ex-pilot, his flash flash forward is another clue that in reality, time has progressed much more. Than on the island. Um, or was it, uh, it Was a flashback, actually, of him? He was a regular airline pilot at the time of the crash, he says himself. But we see him in this flashback in a Hawaiian T-shirt, looking like someone who hasn't flown a regular airplane for many years. So another indication, I think, that in the outside world, years and years have passed. Another thing, and this, this is the last thing, and just a, some... Food for thought to to wrap this up. I've I've been talking for way too long already. Who is Ben's spy on the boat? Haha! I think there can only be one answer to that. Michael, of course. So there it is. My theory of the Fountain of Youth. What do you think? Thanks for listening.
8: It's an interesting theory.
0: All righty, Father Roderick. Wow. Uh, I know that people who are listening to this live are hearing this only in telephone quality, and I've been watching the chat room through this, and their minds have gone to mush, but I tell you what, I encourage you guys to go back and listen to it in full quality, it's, it's a little bit easier to follow. And uh, one of the comments, I, I let's see, there was uh, one of the comments, Rev Timmons is in the chat room, and I loved it. He says, you know what makes this is the music, and he says, do you think that, it's, that perhaps Father Roderick has too much time zone on his hand? <laughs> <laughs> Father Roderick, that is awesome, and one of the reasons why I love your podcast is because you put so much effort and passion into even a theory and feedback for another podcast, and that totally rocks. So thank you for that. And uh, I took some notes here. Now, uh, I will tell you that the Fountain of Youth seems to be uh, a majority of the people in the chat room uh, with, I don't know, there has to be somewhere between 30 or so people signed in right now. Um, a majority of the chat seem to be that they they agree with the Fountain of Youth theory, uh, but they have some issues with time, the time travel and, and some of that However, here are my notes that I took, and then we'll go to Chef Mark, who's uh, requested to talk here in just a moment. Uh, the Fountain of Youth. Uh, I, I love the idea of the Fountain of Youth. That this actually that, that that's the whole idea that this island brings back those restorative properties. Uh, of course, Rose being cured from cancer, uh, Jin's no longer shooting blanks, uh, and I love how Father Roderick kind of put that. How he talked about that, you know, being able to do manly functions. and (laughs) Who could word it any better than that?
5: I totally missed that part.
0: Did you really? Seriously. Oh, okay. Um, He talked, of of course, about Richard Alpert, which, you know, obviously this man has never (laughs) aged. What is so funny about Richard Alpert, Stephanie? (laughs) I'm
5: wondering if I heard any of it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I know. <laughs> well anyway, um he talked about Richard Alpert and of course we know that young Ben saw Richard and then later we know Richard has not aged anything. Um Ethan Rom uh, has super strength and I wonder if that's just the fact that his body is so healthy, so I mean you know what I'm saying, so fine-tuned. Okay. Um and then of course um the question of, you know, is this why they have the swing sets still? You notice they made a point to show us the swing sets? Is it maybe the children don't even age on the island? And, of course, somebody in the chat room when they were trying to say, well, you know, maybe here's a hole in the theory. Uh, perhaps, you know, have you thought about the fact that Ben came to the island as a young boy and he's now grown? And my my thought on that is, well, they just showed us in with no doubt that, that Ben has left the island on multiple occasions, and so therefore, um, could that not age him? That that's one thing. Another, some another thing that somebody had said as far as um, possibly a hole in this theory is the fact that uh, in a flash forward, especially in season three premiere, and I would say that this one, Father Roderick is, um, I'm, what season? Season three. It was the flash forward. It was
5: the finale, not the premiere.
0: I'm sorry. Yes, the per, the the finale of season three. We saw uh, Sarah meet with Jack when he was on when he was drunk and strung out and all those right. other things. The only thing I could think is perhaps that maybe she was brought into the black box kind of the same way that Jocks John Locke's dad was, but that's a little bit of a stretch. I would have to say, Father Roderick, if there's a hole in your theory, I think seeing uh, Sarah in the season three finale would be that hole. And, and Father Roderick is not saying that he has, he's he solved lost. Right. By any stretch of the imagination. But I do, I love some of the things that he talks about in his time issues. Uh, Walt's special. Um, I love the fact that this idea of both Walt and Desmond, and even Miles being able to exist in two different time planes. Okay. It's not necessarily ghost whisperer, but it's, it's more of the fact that they're sensitive to two different time planes. And that's how Desmond was able to see the. Difference. I really loved a, love, a lot of that, and I do under. I, I mean, what is the celebrity status that the the Oceanic Six have? I mean, there is some credence to the. It's like, man, if they if they had aged many years, um, if you know, they had no longer had any friends back. They of course they would be lonely. Um, I mean, the fact that we we even pointed out that none of the patients seem to be the same patients that Hurley knew the last time he was in Santa Rosa which with normal loss time isn't that long ago and so you know um, what Lenny the numbers guy was not there anymore mm-hmm. I mean it's it's just different people Um <clears throat> So
5: no, but that doesn't make sense because um, Anna Lucia's partner was the same age when yep, he arrested there's her. There's two. Agent.
0: Boom. Sorry, Father Roderick. All right. So yeah, that that's I'm true. Sorry, yeah. I don't
5: want to be. No, no, not, that's
0: no, that's. I mean, he's not going to be upset. Uh, it just you know, just thinking about these things. So yeah, absolutely. But I I still like the idea. I do love the idea. And
5: uh, Actually, I mean, it. it wow. And if nothing else... I'm going to need to listen to that again.
0: <laughs> no doubt. And and the music totally rocked. Father yeah, Roderick... Yeah, I
5: was, I was focused on the music. And, yeah. and his, inc- his incredible accent.
0: <laughs> his incredible accent. We love Father Roderick. <laughs> I
5: didn't hear anything he said. Uh, I just was listening to him talk.
0: All right. It's a good thing Father Roderick has taken a a, a <laughs> valiselepatory oh, lifestyle. I, so I'd be worried about it now, Stephanie. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Chef Mark, you're on the line. Go ahead.
3: Hey, guys. Um, listen, I, I love Father Roderick. He's a great guy. Although I still haven't listened to him regularly since he played that god-awful trick on everyone for April Fool's a couple <laughs> oh, of years ago. That was
0: the best. <laughs> I, that was still, I feel
3: angry with Father Roderick for that.
0: That was um. the best <laughs> April Fool's joke I've ever that was great. experienced in my entire life, and I fell for it hook, line, and sinker.
3: Yeah, me too. And I, and, Stephanie actually, honestly, and I was a little bit upset for a while, but then I forgave him. Stephanie um, and
0: I almost were brought to tears. We were bummed one night. I was we, not. Okay, okay, I was. But Clip was. Yeah.
3: People are asking what it was, and essentially, he, he came up with this big announcement that he was uh, his his um, bishop was going to force him to stop podcasting and give up all of his activities having to do with StarQuest and, and all that stuff, and, and focus more on his ministry, and
7: People were really
3: upset because they took him seriously, and then of course he announced it as an April Fool's
0: joke. Yeah, and it was it was hilarious because they it was great. There, there were letters sent to the Pope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, they, I, and I'm not talking. I mean, this is we're talking may, big campaign uh, to yeah. to his his bishop letters to his bishop, <laughs> and, and even after the well, fact. I think
5: he pulled it off for like three days.
0: Oh, it was. Yeah. I mean,
5: it wasn't just an April we Fool's joke. It. it was like a huge
3: buildup.
0: Oh, it was the best. Yeah, oh, and then
3: of I, course he explained that it, you know in in Dutch culture it's a bigger deal to do April Fools than than here. I mean, yeah, you know here we do a little couple of little jokes, but there they'll do a big, a big uh, uh, practical joke. Yeah. Right. Well,
0: well, it, anyway, and he so, I don't know if you listened I, to him afterward, but but Chef Mark he he definitely I mean he literally and in, in the same way well, I know he was very penitent. Oh <laughs> my gosh, he he felt so bad, so yeah, bad. I'm pretty- but so, anyway, but, what, and, what were and, you going to uh, say? We're
3: all sci-fi geeks, and I love that he is such a sci-fi geek that he could come up with this really elaborate theory. But unfortunately, I have, to, I have to invoke both Occam's razor and just the laws of dramaturgy and say, you've got to go with what they give you. And I keep saying this, and I know maybe I'm a big, I'm a big stick in the mud for some people, but you've got to go with what the writers give you. It's wonderful to come up with theories that you'd like to see based on other sci-fi shows that you watch, but you can't add too much into the mix and get too far ahead of yourself when you do these series. And I fear that he's got a little bit too much in the mix there. It would be cool, but I just think there's a little too much that, that relies on conjecture. And Occam's Razor would say, well, the, the, more likely explanation, the simpler explanation is the more likely
0: one. I gotcha. Well, thank you for, uh, thank you, Father Mark.
3: (laughs) But I love, but I love that they came up with such an elaborate theory, and it was so well produced, like old time radio drama. It was awesome.
0: I tell you (laughs) what, and and for those of you guys out there, seriously, um, Father Roderick does the Daily Breakfast, which which is an amazing, just general podcast about news. TV, culture, movies, video games. I mean, if you ever thought a Catholic priest... If you've got a Catholic priest, the idea of what a Catholic priest is in a box, and you think that everybody fits in the mold, I, I encourage you to check out a show. And then, uh, if you really like the production value of, of this well-thought-out theory, um, I will tell you uh, to check out The Secrets of Harry Potter, The Secrets of uh, Narnia, The Secrets of Star Wars, The Secrets of the Pirates of the Caribbean... All of those things can be found at sqpn.com, and he totally rocks. And uh, you'll find out, like I said, why he's my favorite podcaster. So with that, Stephanie, I think it's time to move into listener feedback.
5: Okay.
3: Yes? Colonel Locke, this line's secure. Line's Line's secure. Go ahead. Hey, Cliff, Stephanie, toy.
7: This is Michelle from Texas. This is Kim from Indiana.
3: Josh from California.
7: Jennifer from Florida. Sam in Tucson. Kimberly from California.
9: Paul in Memphis, Tennessee. Listener
2: feedback. Target areas acquired. We are a go. Roger that. Hey, Stephanie. Hey, Cliff. This is Steve in Brooklyn, New York, calling about the greatest show that has ever been on television. Uh, Of course, I'm referring to Lost. Uh, Just had a quick story for you guys. Uh, I bought an iPod for the first time uh, late last summer, and at the time had absolutely no idea what a podcast was. Uh, A friend of mine explained it to me and said, there's probably even a podcast for that show that you like so much. So I go online, I go searching for Lost Podcasts, and lo and behold, what do I discover but Cliff and Stephanie Ravenscraft and the weekly Lost Podcast. I just wanted to say how much I enjoy the show. I think you guys do an absolutely fantastic job. Um, Just listening to you guys, enhances my enjoyment of watching Lost um, so you guys do just a great, fantastic job. Um, you know, the stay lost at the end of each episode gets me fired up for the next week. Um, so I just wanted to call and say, I've been listening to you guys for about six months now. I've been watching Lost, obviously, since the very, very beginning. I'm absolutely obsessed with the show, and now I'm becoming obsessed with your show. Uh, you guys do a great, fantastic job, and what an episode last night. I'm referring to The Economist, uh, episode three of season four. Uh, what a reveal at the end of the episode, finding out that Saeed is Ben's assassin. Listen, uh, just totally blew my mind. I freaked out and yelled at the TV. Uh, but anyway, keep up the great work, uh, Cliff, Stephanie. I wish you guys all the best uh, in your new career this year. And, uh, you know, take care, and I will be talking to you again soon. Okay,
0: bye. All righty. Thank you very much, Steve. Uh, we are honored that you have become not only addicted to loss, but our show as well. <laughs> and uh, you said, I'll see you soon. Uh, and that could be very well possible. Steve's from Brooklyn, New York, and guess where you and I will be? On April 25th and 26th, Stephanie. (gasps) New York. Not just New York, but we will be in Brooklyn, New York. And uh, just so you guys know, if anybody's in the New York area on April 25th and 26th, I will be speaking at a conference called PodCamp NYC. And uh, I'm going to be talking, uh, giving a, a speech about communicating with your audience and building community around a podcast. Uh, and I don't know why anybody would think that that would be something I'd be good at talking about, but uh, I guess some people think that. Uh, anyway, I am excited. Stephanie and I, this will be our mm-hmm. first time in New York City. Absolutely. And we happen to be staying... It'll stand- be my
5: first time in New York State.
0: Oh, yeah. I, well, I've been up to upstate New York a lot. been in upstate New York. But, uh, yeah, this is going to be amazing. And I'm very excited. I've I, always
5: wanted to go to New York.
0: I, You know what? I don't know if I'm more excited about going to pod camp or if I'm more excited about who we're staying with when we go to pod camp.
5: <laughs> I'm more excited about meeting who we're staying with when we go to pod
0: camp. Are we allowed to say who we're staying with, person in the chat room that we happen <laughs> to be staying with? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Okay, Chef Mark is in the chat room, and uh, let's bring him on for just a second here. Uh, let's see here. Chef Mark, uh, so it's okay to just tell the world now that we've told everybody, right?
3: Sure, yeah. You know, everyone's invited. There's plenty of room. <laughs> we might course, bring... Steph will have to sleep on the, on the floor then. <laughs> There's more people still
5: up. No, we made our reservation first.
0: We're going oh, okay. to be recording a special live podcast in Mark's living room.
3: Absolutely. You know, <laughs> oh my I got a, I've got a high-speed internet, internet access. You'll just have to bring your mixer.
0: <laughs> there we go. All right. So anyway, yes, we we are going to be uh, in New York City, and uh, and the details. We'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that more. But I we're gonna. Tr- Stephanie and I are having a very difficult time arranging childcare right now, and uh, we have three children, and it's just really really, really tough. And uh, be, be praying for us. If I you don't. guys want, if you believe in miracles, pray for us to get child care because we would love to not only be there the 25th and 26th, but be, be able to stay an extra day or two. And uh, I'd love to just take in New York City. It's, some, right. it's a place I've always wanted to go. And so I can't wait. All right. So next up, we're going to go to Kimball in Arizona.
9: Hey, Cliff and Stephanie, this is Kimball from Arizona. Hey, just calling in, I was listening to a little bit of uh, your episode with the uh, callbacks for the second episode of Lost for this season. Uh, I've heard a lot of people have been talking about their theory is um, that uh, Michael's on the boat. I, just, I really don't buy that. I think we are going to see Michael and Walt, but I don't think we'll see them until they are uh, in the future flashbacks or flash forwards. Uh, I think that's how the, the writers will be okay with showing Walt uh, being an older person, because it'll be in the future. Um, so I don't think we'll see them until then. I did have a theory about episode two uh, in regards to something that um, uh, is said, and I'm forgetting the, the guy's name right now, but it's uh, the guy that parachutes in. Um, he, he mentioned something about the light, you know, saying it doesn't scatter right. I think that is a reference to something that will going to explain the future in regards to the light on the, the island. Uh, I think I always found it interesting that... Um, whenever they'd be walking around the island, they'd walk in the middle of the night, and then in the next scene, it's, you know, middle of the day, but it doesn't seem like enough time has passed for that light to change. And same thing, you know, so they'll walk in the day, and all of a sudden it's night. And uh, I think some people will say that's just the production and everything, and and they can't uh, have stuff shot in, you know, dusk or or, or whatnot. But uh, I think it has to do with the properties of the island. Something this guy's noticed. saying this light isn't acting correctly. This is weird. Uh, So I think we're going to find out that, that... uh, light itself acts differently so thanks bye-bye
0: Alrighty, righty and thank you for that kimball you're not the only person that doesn't think that michael is the man on the boat
6: hey cliff stephanie it is troy uh from the third state in the tri-state area and uh i have another idea about lost people are saying that michael is ben's man on the island and that doesn't jive right with me i don't know what uh you know what Ben and Michael shared, you know that would connect, you know Michael into wanting to either do good for Ben or the island at large. That's why I think that Walt is the uh, is Ben's man on the island, and that Walt is trying to protect the island both on the boat and you know popping in by locating to help uh, lock out. What
5: do you think?
0: Alrighty, thank you very much, Troy. Um, Walt, on, the man on the boat? Uh, Walt,
5: the man on the boat?
0: Could be, maybe, I don't know. Uh, let's see here. Yeah. We're going to go to Rick in Wisconsin, then we have Keith in Florida, so I'm going to play those back-to-back. But if anybody else, is, Cliff is the man on the boat. Absolutely, it's me. I They brought me in. We're going to go all the way back to episode 49 again, aren't we? Anyway, <laughs> so uh, if, if you guys are on the phone and you want to bring up something about... Uh, There are a couple things that we did not cover in our initial reaction for The Economist. So if there's anything you guys think we need to touch on that are in the chat room or on the phone, dial in. If you're dialed in already, click the request to talk button. We will bring you in. You'll have an opportunity to share. But we're going to go ahead and play these two other calls back to back. So here we go.
10: Hi, this is Rick from Wisconsin and I'm calling about this week's episode of Wasp the Economist. Uh, My reaction was when uh, Dan set up that gizmo and asked him to launch the rocket thing and it first didn't come in. I said to my wife, the island is out of phase. It's like something, you know, it's not there. We've been thinking this Bermuda Triangle kind of thing and she said, well, this isn't the sci-fi channel. (laughs) And uh, I said, yeah, but it's kind of a sci-fi show. So then when it came in late, we said, well, they're out of time. And we've been trying to struggle with the whole idea of the bigger, taller waltz, and if time outside the island is different from time on the island. So just a thought to throw out there for your discussion. Hi, Cliff. This is Keith Stiffnell from Florida.
6: I'm um, calling about Lost um, and about the new episode they just had with the Saeed, um episode. As I was sitting there watching and stuff, I sat there and I seen Danielle. She's uh, talking to um, Locke and everything. And then I started thinking, well, Danielle has a daughter that's like 16 and stuff. And she has a boyfriend that is Carl. And I was sitting there starting to think, like, wait, how is that, where where did Carl exactly come from? Was he born on the island? Did they bring him to the island? Was he one of the people from, where did he come from? I don't know where from, but where did he come from? So I just sat there and started thinking where he might be coming from. So I don't know, I just thought I'd call you in. Maybe you guys could talk about it and think about it or whatever. Um, that's all I was thinking.
0: All righty. Thank you very much, Keith, and thank you, Rick. Uh, Carl, where did he come from? We don't know. Um, we obviously know where we believe that um, Alex came from, and it could be that Carl could be one of those inhabitants on that have always been on the island, uh, but we're not quite sure of that um the other thing I want to just mention real quick, a uh, special thank you to CC from Boston. He is in the uh, chat room n- right now and he had called in and he was his call was regarding uh, he had just recently noticed the reflection of the city skyline in the uh, the new season four logo which we had talked about previously. Uh, so thank you for that call and then Angel from Springfield. Stephanie uh, I didn't give you uh, the opportunity to listen to this you can listen to it in a few moments okay. after the show if you want to but anyway uh, sheila poor lady she left f- a five-minute message she really tried she even said she had two pages of notes so um, anyway she was going for the Father Roderick award of uh, feedback but anyway uh, she her children were just climbing over her and just she was just having a very difficult time and yes we can relate, can relate uh, we we totally and I was thinking you know I play the first two or three minutes just because you know that's who we are. Right. But uh she she did ask at the end, you know, please don't play this. So for her, we've decided not to play that. But Angel, thank you for calling in. And folks, honestly, really um just just to let you know, the preferred method of getting in touch with us for our podcast is by phone, calling us at area code 859-795-4067. That's area code 859 859- uh, let's see. I'm sorry, 859-795-4067. Please do limit your messages to two minutes or less. Uh, unless you go in and put all the same effort that Father Roderick did into producing it. But uh, two minutes or less is awesome. <laughs> and uh, if you want to write in about Lost, um, I get about ninety emails a day. And if you want to send me an email and and just chat about personal, all you know, anything. Go ahead and and uh, basically just write whatever you want to me. I love. I respond to everybody. But if you want to write about Lost, I try never to discuss Lost via email, uh, and that's why we have the forum. I just encourage you if you want to share your thoughts on Lost, just go to gspn.tv/forum. There are literally hundreds of other GSPN listeners who would benefit from you writing your thoughts about Lost. And that's where I go to read these conversations. And so very cool stuff there. And then um, we're going to go to Fred in Long Island. And uh, Fred, thank you for your patience. Go ahead.
3: Hi, everybody. Thanks, Cliff. You can hear me now, right?
0: I can hear you perfectly.
3: Okay. Um, I was just wondering, uh, I've been sitting here the whole time. Are we going to talk or did we talk about the time difference uh, in this episode at all. And, uh, uh,
0: it was a, it was a good part of Father Roderick's 19 minute theory. No.
3: Right. He, well, I, I did hear like the sound of youth and all that, but I mean, as far as what we saw in the, the 31 episode,
5: minute time difference. I think we talked about that on Thursday.
0: The, oh, okay. Did you want to go ahead and add but some additional yeah. thoughts, Fred? Feel free. We're, we're not going to shut you down.
3: No, I'm just, I was just curious to hear, you know, where anybody might've termed up in the, you know, few days since the episode. As far as uh, what might make that a possibility.
0: Gotcha. Well, I'll tell you what. I had. I did go into our forums and there. And of course, we had talked a little bit about it um, on the initial reaction pod. Uh, the podcast. I did go into the forum and I read a little bit about it. And there were some people that says, you know, maybe. For every 31 minutes on the island, there's X number of days or something like that. Uh, And then, therefore, that would put the life outside of the island so many years. And then there were some people who were saying, who were arguing, well, you know, maybe it's not necessarily going uh, to... it, it, it Maybe the time difference between the island and off-island kind of fluctuates, and and maybe that's what the whole 108-minute pushing the buttons was for, is to try to keep it in balance, so there's really no clear indication of how far off the time on the island is from the time off the island. But it's widely speculated that there is a significant difference, and if nothing else, at least the amount of difference that would explain Michael's growth. So I don't know if anybody else has anything to add to that. But uh, that, yeah, that, they're, they're, it, it definitely, I love the fact that it's there uh, because I love sci-fi, and if nothing else, it just brings that angle in. And Chef Mark is hitting uh, the request to talk button, so Chef Mark, you're back on the line.
3: Yeah, I was thinking in terms of the time differential. I don't think that it's necessarily like there's it's exactly 31 minutes off, or it's you know an, a day and 31 minutes, or a week and 31 minutes. But that it's perhaps that it's like parabolic in a way that like time gets it's like crumpled. So in some cases it gets uh, rapidly you know it, it goes forward fast, and other times it gets well. I would use the word retarded here properly, but I shouldn't. Um, <laughs> it gets slowed down. Um, I'm know, Bob Dole, like and I, I approve that message. <laughs> time gets shifted either fast or slow, and we see it in different people. You know, and I, I love that that Father Roderick brought up about Richard, um, because my idea was like, yeah, for Richard, time didn't move at all, but for Walt, it did. For Desmond, it, it obviously did.
0: Right. Yeah, I, 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 agree that there, there's something going on with time, but we just can't quite say what it is, and it, and it seems. It, it, I, I don't know what parabolic means. You're using big words with me again, Chef right, Mark. Well,
3: parabolic is like a parabola, like a U shape. You know, in in geometry where we did a parabola, and it sort of it goes <laughs> it go, it grows exponentially the farther out it goes. So it's not it's not a fixed amount like a straight line, but rather it curves upward.
0: Hey, now, hey, is, geoma- is you, geometry you the one with the shapes? Geometry. <laughs> Geometry is the one with the shapes, right?
3: You know, sine, cosine, tangent,
0: all that junk.
5: Yeah. Oh, yeah. he, he has no
3: clue. <laughs> it went over our heads in
0: school. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff, Mark. <laughs> oh, as always. Yes. You know what I mean. I, yes. The,
3: the idea is that time can be either accelerated in some instances or decelerated. Yes. Um, you know, and some people in the chat room are talking about, you know, maybe it depends on the path you take to get onto the island. And that, that has to do with the magnetic pull in those different streams.
0: Absolutely. And, and, and so the, the thing is, is that there is, they're, they're showing us clearly that it's not just being hinted to that there is a time issue happening. But it is, uh, you know, something that we're just not clear how much that time is being distorted. Yep. Mar Daryl's on the line. Uh, Mar you're on. Go ahead. Yeah. Mar Mardero, I'm sorry. We're not able to hear you there. Um, are you on the shoe phone? Yeah. Unfortunately, your shoe phone's not coming through. Um, I do apologize. Um, I'll tell you what, we are running at one minute and 10, or I'm sorry, one hour and 10 minutes. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, head us on into. The uh, the um, coming up on Lost, but before we do that, we'll try Michaela calling in from down under. Michaela, you're on the line. Hi, Cliff, how are you going? Wonderful. You're now. See, this is a perfect example of time differential. What time is it there, Michaela? Uh
6: three ten p.m.
0: on Sunday, right?
6: On Sunday, sorry, ah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so Michaela, tell us what's going on. What's on your mind?
6: Um, I was just mentioning that I would like to mention that I really didn't enjoy this episode so much. Um, I I really loved the first two episodes and I thought the um, use of the four different people in each flashback was very clever. But um, this was just too slow for me. And I and I was wondering, I mean, Claire and all the other people who are following Locke have been walking around since, you know, the second to last episode in season three and... Um, and walking along with no obvious stopping for food and, and sleep and, and drinking and all that kind of thing, and um, uh, this really didn't do much for me. It just didn't move along enough
0: for me. Yeah, I guess I guess one could see it that way. Um, I I personally I, I totally enjoyed this episode, but uh, I could see where where you could come away with that perspective. Stephanie, what do you think?
5: Uh, absolutely. I, I now I really I really really enjoyed the episode. Um, and, and didn't think that it was slow moving at all, but, um, I did have the same question that, that Michaela just asked in that I said, um, you know, she's been out in that jungle for like 10 months now and she hasn't nursed Aaron once, you know, (laughs) like he's kind of, you know, dependent upon her for, for his, um, substance. So,
0: but didn't they stop at the, uh, the stream, the stream that we saw in every, like several different episodes and they. I remember him taking a break to rest there, and and uh, you, you don't know you no. remember because I remember what I, episode I, was that in? It was either it was either this week or it was last. I, I think it was last week. It was last week. There okay. was that same stream that we saw every single time. I think it's the same stream that. It's
5: because John's walking them in circles. You
0: think so? Yes. No, I'm, I'm not like the same stream since this journey, but the same stream we've seen in every in previous jungle episode you know jungle episodes there
5: but but Michaela is right it is the first time that they have i mean made any indication that they're eating well or, here's you know. the
0: here's here's the thing okay one of the things that just kind of shocks me i don't care how much you're in a hurry to get away from things you know when you get to the camp i mean i'm going to be raiding the fridge for food you know, I'm going to be trying to lay down on the, you know, mama bear's bed to see if it's too hard. I'm going to be eating the porridge on the table. I mean, it's, the, if anything, that's the one thing. But, you know, I don't know. So, with that. okay. righty. So, uh, we're going to go ahead and do uh, the Lost preview from Lost Away Bonnie. And uh, that's coming up here in just one second. And before we do that, I just want to say that um, we're a couple episodes now into season four. And we still don't have a sponsor for this show. Uh, However, what we do have set up is our monthly support team here at gspn.tv. And if you guys aren't aware of this, January of this year, I decided to leave my career in insurance behind to go into podcasting and new media full-time. Most of that I would love to do, just producing content. And today, I think I'm producing somewhere between eight to 15 hours worth of podcasting per week uh, that's coming straight here from this studio. Uh, I invite you to come and check out all the shows at gspn.tv. Stephanie has a wonderful show called The Full-Time Mom, and it is an excellent show. I guarantee you if you just listen to one episode, you will fall in love with Stephanie and her friend Sarah. Uh, It is awesome. The other thing is that um, if you want to check out and see what's going on in Cliff's crazy life and how in the world somebody puts that many podcasts together, I do an almost daily show called My Crazy Life and I would uh, come invite you to share in My Crazy Life with me and uh, the if if you haven't heard about it, if you haven't thought about it, just do us one favor, and please go to gspn.tv/donate. Uh, at gspn.tv/donate, you can read all about the monthly support team, and that's all I'm going to say. And I just want to say thank you to the 29 listeners who have already signed up. Uh, we just had about three different people sign up. Uh, just recently, and we want to say a special thank you to Chef Mark on episode number 130 of the Remarkable Palette Podcast. Uh, he did an awesome uh, p- little blurb uh, promoting your show on his. He did. And uh, chef.
5: And I just thanked him for it.
0: Absolutely. And Chef Mark does a, who will be our host when we go to New York. Uh, Chef Mark does an excellent uh, <laughs> podcast regarding food and cooking and video and audio all together. Not to mention that, but he's also also in charge of um, the culinary media network at right. culinarymedianetwork.com.
5: And um, before I even knew about his plug um, on the full-time mom or for the full-time mom, on episode 130 of, of um, uh, The Remarkable Palette, um, the full-time mom is going to interview Chef Mark.
0: Oh, yeah.
5: Coming up. And so you can look for that episode.
0: That'll be in about two weeks. Two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. Very awesome stuff. Well, the
5: interview is happening this weekend, but right. the episode will air in a couple of weeks.
0: Yes, right? it will. All righty. We're waiting for Sweeps Week. <laughs> sweeps. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's what's coming up on Lost.
9: supposed to happen i know because you don't know
7: what's gonna happen you know what i'm not gonna find out don't you want to know this is lost away bonnie from lost.about.com with this week's lost preview the next episode is called Eggtown and will be on this thursday at 9 p.m on abc abc synopsis reads kate's need to get information out of the hostage may jeopardize her standing with Locke as well as with sawyer So when I first read this, I thought the hostage was Charlotte, but after last week's episode, I would have to say that the hostage is Miles. It looks like we're going to see Kate in a flash forward and find out why she's not in jail. The question is, will we find out who that he is that she had to get back to when she met Jack at the airport? Also, it looks like Diane survived her cancer because she's also in this episode. Have the two reconciled? To me, the most intriguing part of this episode so far is the title, Eggtown. Will those at the barracks be eating eggs? Is this a nickname given by Sawyer or perhaps Miles, the other Sawyer? Will we see Saeed and Desmond in this episode? I'm guessing we won't, but I really want to know what happens to them. For more information, read my Eggtown guide and preview. This is Lost Away Bonnie Coval for lost.about.com.
0: Alrighty, well that is going to wrap it up for our show here. As I lose my voice. (laughs) I lost my long time ago. Thank you guys for joining us for this episode of the Weekly Lost Podcast. We'll be back Thursday night, 9pm Eastern Time, live to do our chat room as the show airs live. Until then, stay Stay lost. lost. Want to help support this show? Visit gspn.tv slash donate today.